turns out that Marjorie Taylor Greene, like most Americans, is already sick and tired of the Republican primary, and she is ready for everybody else to drop out so that the GOP can go ahead and coronate Donald Trump as their God King. Here is what Marjorie Taylor Greene had to say to reporters from Raw Story when they called up with her in a tunnel, you know, in the Capitol where they kind of go from room to room, but Raw Story reporters called up with her and asked her, should everybody drop out? And Marjorie uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, excuse me, said, totally, they need to drop out. And then when the reporter asked, okay, well, Nikki Haley, I mean, she's got a little momentum heading into New Hampshire. Greene said, she is going to lose so big. It's not even funny. She's like, she's not a real candidate. Okay, fair enough. What about Ron DeSantis? They asked. And she said, they reelected him for governor. And then he went around running around the country trying to run for president. That's not a good thing. I, I, I mean, I, I agree. It's not a good thing, but then again, like, oh, they reelected him. Then he ran for president. Like, yeah, literally everybody knew he was going to run for president. Marge, you shouldn't act shocked. But here's what kills me about Marjorie Taylor Greene's statement that everybody else should drop out so that Donald Trump can go ahead and just secure that nomination. We've had one contest. We, we had the Iowa caucus a week ago. Okay. Um, we've, we've got dozens and dozens of more states that still need to vote. I mean, if we're just basing this solely on the results of the Iowa caucus, let's, let's not forget that in 2016, Donald Trump didn't win the Iowa caucus. Were, were Republicans all going around saying everybody needs to drop out and just endorse Ted Cruz at this point? No, no, they weren't. They said, let's let the whole thing play out. I mean, isn't Donald Trump and you also, by the way, Marge, lots of other Republicans out there telling us that you can't remove Trump from the ballot. You have to let the voters decide. And yet here you are saying that we can't let the voters decide. We just need to go ahead and make Donald Trump the king of the Republican party. And for the record, it's not just Marjorie Taylor Greene. Here is what Republican majority whip Tom Emmer had to say. We need to unify. The number one thing is you cannot allow these extreme radical left Democrats, including the white house that's proven completely incompetent to remain in power. So even Tom Emmer, who again, Donald Trump tanked his chance of becoming speaker of the house says, we got to unify behind Donald Trump. Okay. Well, here's another one from representative Richard Hudson, Republican from North Carolina, who said, uh, uh, raw story asked, should they get out so the party can unify? And he said, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, the, the American people understand Trump's policies made them safer, made their lives better. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Like literally none of that happened. Uh, we were headed for a recession even before COVID. He made the lives of the rich and powerful better, but for the average American, our lives got so much worse in ways that we could have never even imagined. Then of course you have representative Jim Jordan who says, I thought it was over before it even started. Listen again, we've had one contest. Nikki Haley does have momentum and sure I, she came in third. I wouldn't necessarily call that momentum, but you know, pundits call it momentum. We'll call it momentum. Right. Um, but we've had one contest. Anything can happen. We've got Trump trials that are still technically on the schedule before most of the voting even happens. Like, can we let the process play out? 
Republicans say, no, no, we can't. I mean, the one Republican who said, yes, we should is Ralph Norman, who said, we just had the first one. This is a marathon, not a sprint. It's not right for me or anybody else to call for anybody to get out. They can do it. I don't listen to that. Uh, You know, the great thing about our system, you get on the ballot, let the voters decide what they want. You win or you lose and you either move forward or you go out. Like that's the correct take, by the way. So kudos to Ralph Norman on that. But Donald Trump has a lot of baggage. If you want your entire party to unify against him right now, at a time when your party doesn't have any money, Democrats just raised $97 million in just the third quarter of last year. Democrats are sitting on over a hundred million dollars. State Republican parties are going bankrupt. Y'all want to unify behind Donald Trump right now. What happens? The Democrats with their massive campaign war chest just start running ads against Donald Trump and they do it for the next 11 months. So unifying around a single person right now, as opposed to letting several simmer out there actually helps the Democrats. So if you want to push for everybody else to drop out, I'm not going to stop you, but you need to understand that that means that Donald Trump is the only person with the spotlight on them. And based on historical precedent, that never ends well for your stupid little party. Donald Trump seems to understand that his immunity case that will be heard by the Supreme Court uh, in the coming weeks is probably the last best hope that he has to not get a criminal conviction. And because of that, Donald Trump has, of course, been going around on Truth Social. He's been mentioning it in his rallies and in a lengthy interview with Sean Hannity this past Thursday evening, Donald Trump decided to start what I would call bullying the Supreme Court to let them know that they had better do what he wants them to do and give him immunity or else. Here is what Donald Trump said in that interview with Hannity. He started by saying, we put on three great justices and you have some other great justices up there and they're not going to take the vote away from the people. Now that of course is referencing his, you know, 14th amendment challenge. But then he went on and said this, uh, Hannity actually gave him the opportunity to make a closing statement about your campaign. And instead Trump said, uh, I think very important before we do this, because you were talking about the Supreme court, they have two votes that are very important coming up. One, as we discussed, we call it Colorado or whatever, but you know, I, I really believe they're going to leave the people to vote again. You are, you're the leading candidate in both parties. You're leading the Democrats by many, many points. I mean, it's hard to imagine they would do uh, and, and most states have already approved it. As you know, very few states have done that. This is Colorado and a couple of others at the moment, but they have another important, and that's immunity for the president, the president of the United States. And I'm not talking about myself. He then goes on several you know, minutes to trash president Biden, but then he gets to his point. If a president is afraid to act because they're worried about being indicted when they leave office, a president of the United States has to have immunity and the Supreme Court's going to be ruling on that. If they don't have immunity, no president is going to act. You're going to have guys that just sit in office and are afraid to do anything. So that, of course, is Donald Trump signaling to the court like, hey, you don't want to have a president that just sits around and does nothing. The fate of the country is in your hands. Whether or not a president can do their job is in your hands. And none of that is even true. 
as I've repeatedly said, and I'm going to keep repeating it because Trump keeps repeating his lie. The Supreme court is not taking on a case to determine if a president is immune from any and all prosecutions under every circumstance. Presidential immunity is in fact enshrined into the United States constitution itself. That is a given. The issue here is whether or not Donald Trump tried to overthrow the results of the 2020 election as a candidate or as a president. If he did it as a president, the court's probably going to say he's immune. If he did it as a candidate, he absolutely does not enjoy any immunity. And just as an added bonus here, we already know that the Trump campaign via Donald Trump's direction was the entity that was organizing the fake electors. So I think it's pretty, you know, clear cut. If we had a fair Supreme court, Trump was doing it as a candidate because he did it through his campaign. He did not use his administration. He did not use political appointees. He did it through his campaign. Therefore it was the action of a candidate, not a president. Pretty simple. If you ask me, and if we had a decent Supreme court, it wouldn't even be an issue, but Trump is trying to not only muddy the waters about what the case is about. He is trying to bully the Supreme court. He is trying to convince them that he put them there. And if you don't do what I need you to do, then by golly, the president of the United States, well, that's just a figurehead position at that point. They'll never do anything again. Do you want to be responsible for destroying democracy? You people I put on the court. That is the key. He's reminding them who put them there, but those justices likely also remember there isn't a dang thing that Donald Trump can do to him. Nothing. Oh, what's he going to get on true social and say that they're mean and stupid and he doesn't like them. Maybe it just actually makes him look dumber because he's the one who put him there. So they can be bullied. Sure. And it may impact them. It absolutely might. But if they remember, of course, that nothing can happen to them, Trump has no power over them. Neither does Congress. Then maybe just maybe they'll do the right thing. Not holding my breath, but there's always a chance, right? During a floor speech in the House of Representatives late last week, Republican Congressman Chip Roy from Texas said something that was almost, almost so perfect. He ruined it with his follow-up statements, but for a moment there, it really seemed like Chip Roy had his finger on the pulse of the United States and understood why the public is so pissed off at Republicans. Here is what Chip Roy said. The American people are tired of getting a complete lack of representation from their representatives. Nobody in this country looks at Congress and says, wow, heck of a job guys and gals. Well done. Who would do that? Would we do that? By the way, it doesn't matter who's sitting in the speaker seat or who's got the majority. We keep doing the same stupid stuff. If he had stopped right there, oh boy, that would have been a hell of a speech, right? Cause he's right. I mean, up to this point, he is right. And he's right. If he's talking about the Republican party, they have done nothing. Last year was a historic low for the number of bills passed by the house of representatives, 20 pieces of legislation. That's it. 20 previously, the low was like 55. So y'all cut that in less than half. You're doing nothing. 
The few things you've done, you've launched investigations into Hunter Biden as if that's somebody that anybody in the country gives a damn about other than you. You're in, uh, got this impeachment inquiry into President Biden, even though all of the witnesses you've personally called have said, yeah, Biden didn't do anything wrong. You almost shut down the government three times last year alone, and now one time already this year. And members of your party are still pushing to shut it down or remove Mike Johnson if he doesn't shut it down. You're a party of chaos. You ousted your speaker last year. You're right. You're not getting anything done. You just keep doing stupid stuff. Now, the problem with Mr. Roy's statement is that he wasn't talking about Republicans. He wasn't even talking about Congress as a whole. No, Mr. Roy was somehow, some way actually talking about the Democrats in Congress are the ones doing nothing because unfortunately, as I said, he continued talking when he should have just shut up. He added, my colleagues on the other side of the aisle have no problem with wide open borders endangering people I represent none. And my constituents are the ones left holding the bag. You know, the problem with Republicans is that even when they come up with a good idea or a good statement, they don't stop, right? You got to have a little bit of that showmanship, right? You got to know when to walk out. You got to know when to stop. It's got to be on your strongest point when you make that and you're just done mic drop moment. And you had it till you started blaming the Democrats for something that by the way, is not even the Democrats fault. Let's not forget that in this past week, Democrats actually were pushing a border deal. You have more funding for the border. Let's get things closed up. Let's get things, you know, proper to where you guys want them to be Republicans. They did it to appease you. What did your party say? What did your speaker say? Chip Roy? He said, now's not the time. Other Republicans in the house and some not in the house, like Donald Trump said, no border deal because it'll help Biden politically. The Democrats had a plan a week ago and you and your party turned it down. You lying sack of crap. So instead of having a really good, powerful and accurate statement, you turned it at a complete and total lie, accusing the Democrats of doing what the Republicans actually did. So instead of being able to sit here and say that, Hey, you actually got one, right? Guess what? You're even worse than you were before because you're denying the very reality that you lived through in just the past seven days. You a-hole, you know, damn well, which party turned down that border deal and it was not the Democrats, but you're going to keep saying it is because as you said yourself, you keep doing stupid stuff. Multiple individuals who have covered Donald Trump worked with him closely uh, through a journalistic capacity for the last several decades. Two of them have come out in just the last few days to talk about Donald Trump's cognitive decline. Now, Trump spent a good amount of time just last week talking about how cognitively sound he is. His brain is working at full capacity. He ain't slowing down. His age isn't catching up with him. Everything's great because as he said, he was able to identify the difference between a giraffe and a whale. And uh, so, yeah, that means everything's cool. 
Well, let's start with what Jonathan Lemire had to say. He said, and he said this on MSNBC on Friday. When I was a Metro reporter with the New York Daily News, we covered Trump from time to time 15, 20 years ago. It's very clear he's not the same guy he was then. And that post about presidential immunity also had the great Trump tell of this era, which is when he goes to all caps. When he goes to all caps, and it is an all caps screed, particularly about his legal predicaments, you know it's a window into how upset and anxious he is. And that was the other night where he was posting overnight repeatedly about E. Jean Carroll and other, quote, witch hunts. And then yesterday morning went so far as to say this, needing full immunity for even events that cross the line. This is something that feels like not only, of course, a scary projection of what could come in a second Trump term where he would say, I I could do whatever I want and can't be prosecuted. But it's the cognitive decline. Now, I'm going to read you what the other one said. This is from Tim O'Brien, who wrote a book many, many years ago, almost 20 years ago, called Trump Nation. He spent a lot of time with Donald Trump, traveled with him, you know, on his jet, all of that. And here's what Mr. O'Brien had to say. I flew around with him in his plane and walked his golf courses with him 20 years ago, not very cognitively together then, much less cognitively better now. So we get two men who spent years literally years working with Donald Trump, interviewing Donald Trump, getting to know him during these, you know, more intimate moments, not like that, but you know what I mean? And they're telling us like, yeah, even if he wasn't great, then there's definitely something different and something clearly wrong now. But it is important to point something out about what both of these men are talking about. Neither of these men is suggesting that there is necessarily something medically wrong with Donald Trump. They're not saying that he's suffering from dementia or that it's Alzheimer's or anything like that. What they are talking about is his mental capacity that has clearly diminished due to the stress that he has brought upon himself. He's having a breakdown. You know, that's where Lemire talking about the all caps rants that Donald Trump puts on true social. He's scared. He's anxious. He's panicked. And when people are in those positions, they're not thinking clearly. They're not, as you would say, in their right mind. And after prolonged periods, because let's not forget, John, Donald Trump's been dealing with this, what, ever since he left office, even before he left office, when he was having the breakdowns about losing the 2020 election. So this has been going on for over three years, three years. Donald Trump has been in a constant state of anger anxiety, panic, all of that takes its toll. When you live in those constant states for years on end, as Donald Trump has, it will impair your brain's ability. And that is what's happened to Donald Trump. He's done this to himself on top of, as you know, the mental health experts say his narcissistic personality disorder. They're not suggesting that there's something medically wrong, but they are saying the stress has gotten to him and his brain can no longer function properly because he has just destroyed it from the inside out. Thanks for 
listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.